Well, tonight we're going to continue with uh, the Beatitudes and uh, looking at Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be dealing with the fourth one tonight. It's Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. You know, I, I just want to share something that's so you heard me mention about uh, being a chaplain with hospice. And people say, how can you do that? And, well, it's a calling. You know, it's like where you are. You're in a calling. And when I was in, you know, seminary, I, I learned a lot of stuff in pastoral experience. I learned how to deal with people in crises and stuff like that. Uh, but I never learned how to deal with dogs. You know, these little things this high and this high. Dogs, you know, D-A-W-G-S. And, uh, but it, I, I just loved it. Today I, I got tickled, kind of, sort of. I visit this lady, and I visit for some time, and she was next door at her daughter's house. She's usually not there. So when I went to visit, I'm praying for I just want to minister to her the best I can. And when I get there, There's this guy, and I know him. He's about this tall. He's, he was military police, but he still thinks he is. He, he is. I mean, he's broad as he is tall, and he comes to the door with his badge here and his big gun, you know, a T-shirt with muscles about that big, Say, how you doing? Mr. Smith, he had your first name, okay? So, uh, but he had, that was, you know, but I know him. But it was funny because I went to the door and I heard these dogs, dogs barking. And there's this little rascal just barking so loudly. I'm thinking, Lord, I think he's just going to bark. I don't think he's going to hurt. And then I look the other way. I look this way. And there's this big Doberman about this big. He had his nose on my hand. I said, be still and know. <laughs> so... But it is so much fun sometimes. But when the lady and I went into her uh, place over there, she has this little chihuahua. I said, mercy sakes, in the morning. But thank goodness she was she was was in the bathroom. So I'm thinking, I feel safe. And the lady doesn't get around very well, but she started taking, she went and she opened that bathroom door. 137 miles per hour, that dog came out. And jumped in my lap. I said, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, you're here in this place. <laughs> no blood, okay? It's good. <laughs> it's, it's good, you know. It's We never know when, what's going to happen. That has nothing at all to do with what we're speaking about tonight, okay? <laughs> so Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. And if you remember last week, he begins each beatitude with saying, blessed are you. Yes, it does mean happy. But it's, it's deeper than happiness. It's an eternal type of happiness. It's a relationship where there's fulfillment. Blessed are you and happy are you spiritually and greatly if you do these things. And if you do these things, I will bless you in this way. Isn't it good? It's all about obedience. So in uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be still or satisfied, whichever version you have. Uh, and the one that ESV is satisfied. And they both mean the same thing. So 
we're blessed, we're happy, we're satisfied, we're fulfilled, all these things, if we have this hunger and thirst after righteousness. Now, we have a, what I believe we call a starving spirit. For what? Righteousness. For righteousness. Now, if I really want to be righteous and you want to really be righteous, then we're, there are things that we can do to go in that direction. And I honestly think the two most important things are praying to the living God. I mean sincerely. And prayer is hard work, isn't it? The prayer and seek God's righteousness and then read the Word of God. How do I supposed to live as a Christian? Well, i got a book up here that tells us how. So those two things, and I've said this over and over and over again, any class I teach, prayer in the Bible, anybody can do that. Well, I can't read. We have these things called, uh, yes, thank you, cassette tapes. No, 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 CDs. Uh, uh, so, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> no, I, I, you're right. I'm not, I, I do use that on occasion. Matter of fact, I. I have a couple of apps I do that with, but uh, but I'm still not high tech, okay? When I want music, I still play the 45 records, you know, so what can I say? But let me ask you a question. What are you hungering for, spiritually speaking? What are you hungering really for? What we hunger for and desire, we are going to pursue, aren't we? Honestly, I love Kathy Carmichael more than any person any person, don't I, Helen? And uh, so when, and I knew she was the woman that God brought in my life at that time in my life. And you talk about pursuing. I pursued and pursued and pursued. Thank you, Jesus, for this gift that you gave me. Now, have I stopped pursuing her? No, no. I've reached that time, and God blessed me with that gift of Kathy. And, yeah, I'm still pursuing her love as a, hopefully a giving husband. That's what husbands and wives are supposed to do. They give to each other. So when I talk about uh, hungering and thirsting, now we need food and water to sustain us, don't we? I mean, it's a necessity. We can't live without that. In the same way, if I want righteous, to be righteous in the eyes of God, my soul, my very being, as I seek righteousness, I want to be, and we want to be like Jesus because he is the, living proof of what righteousness, a righteous life, can, how it can be lived. So, do you want to be like Jesus tonight? Like a hunger after pecan pie. Pinto beans and cornbread glory. That's what we're going to have with the Mary Supper of the Lamb. Yes. So, uh, just like we, we desire these things, you know, we need to have the same spiritual appetite to be just like Jesus because, again, he's living proof of righteousness. Now, it's a starving for goodness with all of our hearts. And you see, we should never, ever, ever be satisfied with the partial righteousness or partial goodness. I don't know where I was this place. Some kind of banquet where I had to act dignified, you know, and, and, and follow the rules and stuff. The meal was so astoundingly delicious. They were in a rush to get the program, get into things, and I was one of the last persons to get in the food. I mean, I was just drooling. It was so good. <laughs> we call it slobbering where I'm from. But it, it was so good. And right in the middle of my meal, they said, we got to get started. They took my plate. 
If I'd had a fork in my hand, they'd have blood on theirs. You know, I thought, I am just partly filled here. I'm just partly satisfied. And I said, can you bring it back <laughs> to the program? So, we, in the same way, we should never be satisfied with partial goodness or partial righteousness. So, in other words, we just need to keep the momentum going. And I'm talking about praying without ceasing. So, but we become what we allow to, to, to come into us. So you remember that years ago. Now, this is what I, I'm, again, a brilliant IT person. <clears throat> remember way back when it said garbage in, garbage out years ago? Well, if we let garbage in, spiritual, or it's not spiritual, just you know, selfish or whatever, it's not going to help us to grow spiritually, is it? And we're going to be sidetracked from pursuing the righteousness. I'm going to tell you, there's no greater fulfillment in life than being like Jesus, than being like him. And my favorite verse will always be, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Real life is living for Jesus and, and as Christ lives in us. Now, I forgot where I got this, but a person said, we can be a victim we can be a victim of our own appetite. Now think about that. What do I bring into my ears and my eyes and my experiences? Do I allow things not so good to come in? Well, it, it distracts from that road. I press toward that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's what we need to seek. And I'm hungry. Aren't you hungry to be like that? And we fail daily. But if we have that hunger, we're going to pursue this, I think. Now, whatever we hunger for motivates the way we act, live, think, and do. So what am I hungry for? If I'm hungry for something, where did that motivation come from? Hopefully the Holy Spirit. And he motivates us daily. Now, if we're hungry to be uh, uh, righteous like Jesus, how hungry are we? How hungry are we? It's up to you. It's up to me. I'm so hungry, I go to church twice a year. That's not much of an appetite, is it? So that's, uh, the, the, how hungry are we? I, I think this may be saying that almost as a Greek kind of puts it down to get, puts it down. It's almost like uh, desiring, having all-inspiring and consuming desire. I'm talking about the intense. Is that any fun? Fun's not involved in it, but we can have fun. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. Last night we had a, where I work, we had, we had an annual banquet where we honor all the volunteers. We have beautiful volunteers. They make quilts for patients in hospice. Uh, they go visit them in, in, in their place of where they are, live, nursing home, whatever. Minister to them, read the Bible to them, listen to them, help them do stuff. It's wonderful. So we honor them. Well, last night we honored them, and it was so beautiful. I, I, tears came to my eyes, eyes as I saw us recognize them. But in, in all of it, we had a, uh, a corporation brought in these two, um, this man and this woman, both very good Christians, by the way. But we had this theme called the 50s sock hop. I didn't go sock hopping. I didn't, sorry. But I did have my jeans rolled up about my hair, white socks. I look pretty cool. But, uh, <laughs> no. But we were having fun and, and we, 
throughout the time Jesus was interjected, believe it or not. But the lady there who's a wonderful Christian, she she uh, has all these outfits that she puts on. And then she sings like them. Petula Clark, who remembers Petula Clark? Downtown. Okay. Uh, and and then uh, um, Buddy Holly, he, he was there last night. Elvis was in the house last night. Thank you very much. He was there. But she, uh, this one song she had asked me, she said, Jakey, because I, I knew her from a couple of years ago, she said, would you help me with a skit? I thought it was going to be a skit. And she said, you just need them to four words. And later she told me, it's, you got me, babe. I thought, saying share? Thank you, Jakey. And uh, so she comes out. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I was dreading. I, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so bashful. I really am. But, but she came out, and she had, a, she had her share long hair and stuff. And then she put the sunny vest on me. I thought, oh, I got you, babe. Maybe it needs four words. I've heard it many times. But the best part of it was she put a wig on my... I look so good with hair. <laughs> so she said, Preacher, you look good. <laughs> I said, thank you. Uh, but we did it, and I, we went through it. And uh, then I thought... And people said, Jackie, you, you did a good job. You, know, you must have heard that song before. I said, yes. They said, I said, I didn't know what I did well or not. I was so excited about the hair. You know, I don't know what I did. <laughs> I say that to say Christians can have fun, can't we? we, we can have, and it is just the best fun and clean fun that you can ever have. Now, when we hunger for righteousness, and even in singing, you got me, babe, you know, you can still be righteous, okay? You can be an example. But what motivates our hunger? Maybe we're to be motivated because we're just simply sold out for Jesus. And we should be that, and we desire to glorify him. We desire to be like Jesus. That that makes me hungry. I want to be like him. Um, so, well, I've heard somebody say, do you, how much do you want to be like Jesus? I said, just like Jesus if I could. Do you want to die? At first, when somebody asked me, I thought, well, personally, no. But I said, if it, if it comes to uh, denying Jesus or not taking a stand for him or die, I will take a stand and die for Jesus. I, I'm serious. I'm not just saying that. And and I had to take some stands where I could lose my job. And I said, my boss is Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? And our boss says, so whatever we do, we've got to lift him up. And we do. if I want to be like Jesus and be righteous like him, we have to stand for righteousness uh, even when it gets uncomfortable. So... He says there's a reward here. He said, you will be satisfied. If you seek righteousness, you, I will make sure you will be satisfied. You will be filled up. Now, it means either... He uses a word here they used to use of feeding animals uh, to be filled. It's a word that where they actually feed them until they are gorged. I mean, they were plumb full. And so that's what he says here in the Greek. He says, I will cause you to be so spiritually full. And there's something about this hunger. 
uh, for righteousness. To be like Jesus, there's total satisfaction in the pursuit. And then if we take a stand, we're righteous in this, guess what? Another opportunity is going to come. I'm going to be righteous here. I'm going to be righteous here and so forth. But it's, there's total satisfaction. We're filled up. But it's, it's a satisfaction when we're, when we're filled up and satisfied. It's a satisfaction that makes us want more. Makes us want more. People say, well, no, 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 no. You're filled up. Well, anyway, tomorrow morning I need more Jesus, I tell you what. I cannot wait, honestly, when I go to bed. I cannot wait till 6 o'clock the next morning. I get up about 6 o'clock. If I'm not back there reading my Bible and praying, I miss some good stuff, some good spiritual food. So we need to just pursue that. Now, that's just me. You know, that, that, I mean, you know, some people don't get up to later enough. Don't be crazy and get up to 5 o'clock. I just happen to do that, you know, because I hear Jesus calling. Hear Jesus calling, and I want to be like him, righteous. The Bible says in Psalm 107, verse 9, For he has satisfied the thirsty soul, and the hungry uh, he has filled with what is good. And then Psalm 23, chapter, you know, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And later down there he says, My cup does want. Runneth over. That's true satisfaction. And it's good those days when you can be with Jesus, you can pray and experience him, and here in this house of God, our cup runneth over. How many times has that happened? It's going to run like a river Sunday. Praise God. But let's seek the righteousness of God. Let's look in verse 7. It says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Mercy. The word here basically is talking about the deep, spiritual, almost unexplainable compassion of God. Now, you take the worst person that you've ever known or known about. Do you realize that as however evil or whatever that person is, do you know God has compassion and wants that person whole, spiritually speaking? Now, I shouldn't tell you this, but I actually... Before Saddam Hussein was hanged, I was praying for him that somehow he returned to Jesus. Somehow. How could a man like him, excuse me, we know what he deserves, that we think. I deserve the same thing that he deserved. Just maybe not as great, as great of a degree. You see, God's compassion and his eternal love is so great. He saved the worst of the worst or the worst of the best. So merciful is having the compassion of God. And when God looks upon us and sees our guilt, you know what? He's willing to lift that guilt up and away. When he sees people who are wounded, do you all know people who are wounded? Uh, Barbara, I know that you see a lot, honey, of people who are wounded. And and uh, and I want you to pray. I'll just hop. Bring on Brother uh, Reese, who's a chaplain at Orange Park. Uh, medical center. He deals with a lot of stuff. You know, I, I, I stopped by to talk with him the other day. He's wore out, just wore slap out. But he was, and and because, and he happened to be in his office an hour and a half later, and I just happened to get to see him when I went to visit the, at the hospital. And, and as I went in to talk to him, just a good friend, I could see something. He said, "You know, 
I just came from a trauma case, a lady, you know, in just very bad shape. She may not make it. So I was with the family, ministering to them. He was going beyond the call of duty. You see, he has mercy for people he doesn't even know. So pray for Brother Reese. He's just a wonderful man. So as we look at people who are broken, who have no hope, God wants them healed in whatever way they need to be healed. Do you know homeless people? They are devastated. I mean, I knew several people over in St. Augustine, and I told uh, uh, Steve Deal about them. Broke my heart to see these people on the streets. And I finally found out where they slept, not in one place, but they slept under this place until they and then behind a house over here under a porch. And my heart broke because I knew them, good friends. So how did how did you come to be this way? But my heart, I was crying, you know. I'm talking down the code and all that stuff. God wants those kind of people to be emotionally healed and, and minister to them. You see, mercy doesn't just mean having a little compassion, but mercy is actually an action word, okay? An action word. I, I, I honestly say I, 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 maybe I, I'm a, I have no love or compassion, but you, all the, a lot of times at stoplights or traffic lights, and, uh, traffic, and, and you see them and they're holding a sign. Now, I, I honestly, I have to say, a lot of them I don't trust. Uh, in my travels, I saw one guy about 10 miles south of Palaka. He had his little boy in a gas can and said, we need gas to get to somewhere. He was there for two days. And then as I was coming, two or three days later, I came back. He was about five miles down the road here, the same little boy, his boy. And I thought, man, how did he get up here? He's making money. And uh, maybe I should have more compassion. We just need to use wisdom and let the Holy Spirit give us discernment, okay? But people have so many needs, and some, many, many, many are, are genuine. And I will never, but by the grace of the Lord God Almighty, I'll be right there. Believe me. Believe me. I've been without a place to live. I've, I've been, you know what I'm saying. So mercy means, again, compassion. It's, not, again, not just feeling, it's action. And when Jesus, after he uh, told about the good Samaritan, you know what he did? Did he say something like, go thou and do likewise? Even their enemies, Dominique. Even their enemies. The reward, we shall receive mercy. I need God's mercy, don't you? If I don't act like God and give mercy like God gives mercy, then do I deserve mercy? No. And it's, it's, it's something I need to check in, you know, in my heart and all of us do. Let me, and that's all I want to share about that one, but I want us to look at verse 8 in the next uh, 11 minutes. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. They shall see God. Pure in heart. I read some statistics not long ago, and this is from about 20 years ago. In Stockholm, Sweden, it told about 
only from 2 to 5% of the young boys and girls, they go into marriage, marriage virtuous. That means there's a lot of stuff going on before marriage, and they see nothing wrong with it. Now, I will not, I'm not condemning anybody. Please don't even hear me saying that. But, and then in the, later on, I, I have to read this, 35,000 people, or young people from the age of 16 to 25, said that only 31% of these uh, viewed premarital relationship and sex as being morally wrong. They just didn't think it was wrong. But about 10 years before then, it was 58%. In other words, we're getting more loose in our minds and more, uh, uh, it's not good. It's not good. And I never forget, met this lady, she's a, uh, in this high school where we were involved. She's a sophomore. And we were talking to her, trying to lead her to the Lord. And she said, I'm dating so-and-so. And we said, that guy, she said, you know, and the discussion led on, and she said, it's expected of most of us here to have sex on the first date. I, th- I just almost, you know, fell over. I thought, uh-uh. Oh, yeah. Where has the sanctity gone? So we need a pure heart. And he says, less of those who are... Uh, pure in heart. The heart, as we know, refers to, it's not just a physical organ, but it says we cannot see God really without a pure heart because God is ultimate purity, isn't he? And the heart of the, is the very center of our being. It speaks, it means it's our whole person. It's not just the mind that involves the mind. It's not just the soul that involves the soul. It involves emotions and everything about us. It is who we are, the very center of our being. So if I say, Kathy, I love you with all my heart, or most of it, what else do you love besides me? Pecan pie, maybe? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> but, but I love Kathy with 100% of my heart. If I could give her 110%, I'd try that, you know. But we're talking about a pure heart, a pure heart for God, a pure heart to seek Him, a pure heart, all of our being. Uh, of course, the, the Pharisees in those days, they didn't look on the inside. They looked on external things, didn't they? Let's get this Let's get this cup clean. Let's pray the right amount of times. Let's, let's yell, let's tithe. That's a good thing. That's scriptural, and that's what the law says. But where was their heart? Where was their real self uh, in them? Uh, you know, the Bible tells us in Jeremiah, what's it say about the heart? That the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So... Some people say, they've told me, I'm okay with God. My conscience is clear. My conscience is clear. Okay, how was your conscience formed? On what basis, you know? Was it on God's word? No, but I know right from wrong. Ah, No. God does, and his word shows us. So just to have a clear conscience, it's much, much more than that. Purity is that which is found in the word of God and the life of Jesus Christ, and, of course, discovered through the Holy Spirit and being empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's how we learn of and, and, and seek and, and acquire this purity. And we have to do this every day, don't we? I'm not talking about just a physical, lustful thing. Yes, that is purity. I'm talking about purity of thought. Uh, my attitude toward Larry should be pure as my friend and my brother in Christ, not because of what I can get from you. 
if I'm a good friend, then do you think you can take some free pictures? You know, no, no. Um, purity, it, 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 we know what purity is. So he says, blessed are the pure in heart. In other words, blessed are those who are seeking to be like Jesus. By the way, the, uh, the, uh, the, there's almost like a sequence here. I meant to say that last week. A sequence in, in the, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. If you see you're like that, and you just it's like, okay, I reach this level. Let's, let's, keep, let's grow as a disciple with these Christ-like characteristics. Um, Psalm 24.3 says, Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. When, I, when we're talking about seeing here, it uses a word which doesn't mean, there's several words in the language that, one is, I see, I see Margaret, she's pretty. I see you, you're pretty, you know, and I see these benches, they're made of wood. That's one type of seeing. This type of seeing is a spiritual seeing. If I want to see God clearly, I need to have a pure heart, so blessed are you. If I want to perceive God clearly, I need to have a pure heart. So blessed are we. Martin Luther said, I had to quote you this, he says, I am more afraid of my own heart than the Pope and all of his cardinals. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, he, he put the, where the rubber meets the road there. So it, purity in heart means single-mindedness. Single-mindedness. To God. I like God and I like these sins. Ah, it's not going to work. Single-mindedness, like Paul said again, you know, I press toward that mark. I'm looking, not looking around. Being utterly sincere. Uh, to live our life for Christ, to be uh, no hypocrisy, no falsehood. Amen. Yes, yeah, secret sins. I'm not going to, I'm going to close my eyes and ask you raise your hand. Do you have a secret sins? No, don't do that. <laughs> okay. But yet, secret sins, and, and, and they recur, don't they? They recur. That's why we need the power of God through prayer and the Holy Spirit so we can keep that purity of heart and purity of, of, of spiritual sight. When he uses this word purity or a pure heart, it means like clean drinking water. I mean pure drinking water. Now, if you've been in a foreign country and you drink water that's not bottled, and when, I, like when I went, took a mission trip with First Assembly in Palatka to uh, um, the Dominican Republic, and then I went the next year to Honduras. We were working the construction, some of it. I was so thirsty and drank some of that great water. It was so good until a day and a half later. And uh, it was bad. Okay, so you need, you need, you need pure water, pure water. Uh, so God, we need. A pure God with no mixture of anything else. I'm going to preach this great sermon. I had a pure heart, but I sure hope people think I'm great. Is that pure? That is not pure. All you eat, drink, or do, do all what? To the glory of God. That is our purpose. And I think, you know, Pastor Bill, when he preaches, I'd rather hear him preach any day. I just love how God speaks through him. Pastor Bill will not ever, except one dose, one smidgen, one millionth of a smidgen of glory or pride 
He does it all for Jesus. So you see, that's having a pure heart. Feelings and a heart which is unmixed. Uh, it, it, this speaks to something like a, a untainted uh, uh, metals and a, a, just a, having a clean soul and mind. Unmixed. That's what we need to be for Jesus Christ. Now, let me get how we're blessed. It says, if you have a pure heart, then you can see God. And the word, again, means literally gazing at God. Gazing at God, perceiving Him in His message, perceiving and receiving His goodness and His mercy. That's good. That is great. I want that, not just because I want it, because I need it, and so do you. We need a pure heart, a pure heart, unmixed feeling. God, I would love that. I would love to have a million dollars. Really? Why? Well, I could have all these things. That's not a cool motive. I'll be honest with you. I would love to have a million dollars instead of owing a million dollars. You know, I have a feel sometime. I would give any. No, I wouldn't give anything. But I would love to have a million dollars. Because I would love to give a minimum of 100000 to this church. I would love to give all these thousands away to uh, missions. I would love to give thousands away to theological schools, Christian schools. I would love to do that. Do I want money? I, I, I can say I really don't. Just, Lord, let me pay the gas bill or whatever and all these things, but a pure heart. As we look up, we can ask him for things. Now, thank you. If we have a pure heart, we'll know what to ask him. He put his desires in our hearts if we have a pure heart and to answer those prayers. Somebody said this, God, God alone sees the heart and the heart alone sees God. And it is the pure heart alone that sees God in the right way. Well, throw those words together, but that's what somebody said. So in other, heart, in other ways, we can understand God and perceive Him and, and really know what He's saying. If we're pure in mind and pure in all our intentions. Seeing God through spiritual eyes, that's what I want to see. I want to wind this up and say this. You're blessed. You and I are blessed if we do these things that he said. Don't you want to hear from God more clearly? I really do. If I want to, then I need to see. I'm poor in spirit. I don't have anything to bring God, but I acknowledge that he is the giver. I, I, I need to be meek. Not, you know, like I said, like not, not just a, a pushover, but meek and saying, God, I'm weak, but you're strong. Use me. If we are blessed, if we are doing these things, God will bless us. I want to be blessed, not because it's going to make me cool or good or whatever, but I can glorify God more if he blesses me. And that's what our life is all about. So next week we'll look at the next two. I appreciate you being here tonight. And I just want us to, if we can close, and we're just uh, just a simple, I'm going to pray, Rob. You don't have to. And I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you in time.